Welcome to the Encounter Church Message Podcast, where we bring you the latest messages from our Sunday services. To find out more about Encounter or to plan your visit with us, you can find us online at www.encounter.cc. We hope you enjoy this message. Well, I've entitled today's message, The Gift of Hope. The Gift of Hope. So who likes receiving gifts? I like receiving gifts. Who likes to give gifts? I'd rather receive them, I'll be honest with you. But anyway, I'm not a great gift giver. But uh, Christmas is about giving, isn't it? It, 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 The gifts is a kind of flow that comes out of Christmas. And and sure, it's about Jesus' birth, and that's all important. But at the end of the day, a lot of us, you know, when you're a kid, you're like, we're going to get presents. You're going to look around the tree for the presents in the morning. And and, and so Christmas is, is about gifts. But the ultimate gift, I believe, is a gift of hope. A gift of hope in your heart, to have hope in your heart. Hope can get you through so many circumstances. You know, you can might have a court case coming up, but you, if you're hoping that you're going to win the, the, the court case, or, or maybe you're going through a difficult season and there's hope that the season will end. Like in the middle of winter, you know summer will come, so we have that hope. So hope can get you through so many adverse circumstances and, and stuff that we're going through. Christmas speaks of the gift of hope. But why are we celebrating Christmas? It's because it's a point in history. See, 2,019 years ago, Jesus Christ was born on the earth. And that was a moment that God gave the earth and human beings the gift of hope. See, before Jesus, which was BC, humanity didn't have hope. But at the point of Jesus' birth, hope entered the world. God sent his gift of hope. And from the day of Jesus we have hope as humanity that, that we won't live according to our selfishness or, or our sin nature that's just within every human being. Because of Adam and Eve, there's this DNA within us this, of, of a self-centeredness. But because of Jesus, we have hope that we will have eternal life. See, Jesus, God sent Jesus to intervene in human history. See, the birth of Jesus was a God intervention. It was a rescue mission. See, God sent his son on a rescue mission. It's like one of those Rambo movies, you know. He goes into the jungle to save these missionaries or whatever he's doing. God sent his Rambo, his Jesus, to the earth to intervene in human history. If we could put John 3, 16 to 17 now. This is a really kind of famous scripture. And I'm going to read this from the Message Bible. It says this. This is how much God loved the world. He gave his son, his one and only son. That makes it even more important. He's one and only son. And this is why. So that no one need be destroyed. By believing in him, that's Jesus, anyone can have a whole and lasting life. God didn't go to all the trouble of sending his son merely to point an accusing finger, telling the world how bad it was. He came to help, to put the world right. See, Jesus didn't come to judge and point the finger and say, this is what's wrong with you. He came to bring realignment. He came to realign the whole of creation. You know, we have death in the world. There's decay in the world. You pick a flower, it eventually dies, doesn't it? Fruit is rotten, it eventually goes rotten if you don't eat it in a season. We get old, we get grey. There's this decay nature in the whole of creation. But Jesus came to put everything right so that we could live forever. See, today is no different. Jesus wants to intervene in your life today. This is a point of history. I don't know how you got here today or what your journey's been. But this is a moment in time where God is stretching out his hand to intervene in the history of your life. That your future will be different to your past. 
Why? Because he wants to give you a bright, bold hope. See, the gift of hope is Christmas is for us to reflect on the gift of hope. And maybe you don't feel very hopeful today. Maybe there's stuff going on. But I want to say God has hope for you. He has a gift of hope. My first point today is Santa only gives gifts to good children. Everybody knows it. Santa only gives gifts to good children. Everyone knows it. The song tells us, doesn't it? What's the song say? He knows if you've been bad or good, so be good for goodness sake. You know, and and that kind of plagued me as a child. It plagued me. Because you had to be good to get good presents. And sometimes you'd look under the tree and, and was a bit lean. Some years it's a bit lean and you're like, I've been a naughty boy. Santa is not happy with me. I've been a naughty boy. And, and I remember reflecting on, you know, if your sister got the bigger present, then she was loved more and favoured more. And if you, you got bad presents, and I'm not from a very wealthy family. We're a really middle class, working class type of family. And I must have been really naughty. I must have been really naughty because I would get homemade school uniforms for Christmas. Like, not the school uniforms you buy at the shop. My grandmother would make the uniforms to look like the proper uniform. It was never the same color. And I had to wear that. That was my Christmas present. So, obviously, I was a naughty boy. But see, Santa kind of builds this thing in our thinking that our behavior is reflected on how much God loves us or the gift that he has for us is based on a performance. But see, Jesus is not like that. See, Jesus gives his gift to us when we don't deserve it. Like, Santa, we have to be worthy of a present from Santa. But with Jesus, it doesn't matter how good or bad or whatever we are, he still loves you exactly as you are. So his gift for you is not determined by your behavior or how right you are or how not right. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. See, it's not about our performance. So a gift is not dependent on your performance. It's not dependent. So I have this gift here. Beautiful. And, uh, and you're thinking, that's a pretty cool gift. It looks pretty good. I wonder who that's for. Who could be worthy of such an amazing gift? Who's performed and behaved? Maybe Pastor Aston, who's been part of putting this together. Maybe that should be for Pastor Aston because she's done such a good job with the Christmas service. Yes. <laughs> maybe, maybe she has. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, maybe my wife's brought that for me. Not my wife, but you're probably thinking, oh, maybe your wife's brought... I got it one-handed, see? Multifaceted, talented, skilled man. And maybe you're thinking, my wife's brought it for you. Your wife's brought it for you. You're thinking to yourself, I've had a pretty impressive year. You're probably thinking, I'm pretty awesome. I'm pretty awesome. Like Shane Hall, he, he knows he's awesome. He's probably thinking, Michelle's brought that for him because he's been awesome this year. But then he's thinking to himself, oh, she was angry about that and she was angry. So maybe, maybe that present isn't for me. Maybe you're thinking to yourself, it couldn't be for you because you're not cool enough to get a present like that. Maybe you're thinking, I don't deserve a great present because you don't feel worthy as a human. Like, I just don't feel good enough, so I shouldn't get a good present. But see, us getting gifts is not based upon us. So what, what, is gift, what does the word gift mean? The di- dictionary definition says this. So if we could put that up. This is what a gift is. Something given voluntary, voluntarily without payment in return. Something bestowed or acquired without any particular effort by the recipient. I like that. Getting something and you didn't have to do anything. Well, that's pretty cool. That's what a gift is. Or without 
without it being earned. So in other words, what is a gift? A gift is an act of kindness. A gift is somebody gives you something, not based on whether you deserved it or whether you're worthy or where you've done some task to get it. A gift is something that somebody just gives you because they love you. No strings. If the strings attached, it's not a gift. Gift is just, here you go. I just love you. I just want you to have this. It's kind of a bit like, just say, just say I wanted a, like a, a new Mercedes, Benz, white, black roof, black wheels. And, you know, God might have spoke to one of you in this room. And, and, and if you feel like God's saying that, then I would say that's the Holy Spirit, of course. And, and you might say, Pastor Robert, on Christmas Day, when you come in your driveway, there's going to be this new white 2020. We'll go for the new one, Mercedes in the driveway. I'd probably be thinking, what do, you, what do they want? What, what strings are attached? And, and you might just give it to me freely. But, but if you came to me and said, look, I'm giving you the Mercedes, but in about six months, I just need a favor. In six months. And then about 2 a.m. in the morning in six months, I get a phone call. It's like, Pastor Robbie, can you, can you get a shovel and a, and a garbage bag and meet me at um, Shepparton Cemetery? I need that. You remember the Mercedes I gave you? I, I need a, a little bit of a payback. See, that's not a kind of, that's not a gift. That's not a gift. I'm, I'm, you're giving me the Mercedes because you want to be compensa- compensate me for me possibly going to jail. But, but a gift doesn't have all these attachments to it. It is just freely given to you. See, God has gifts for you. Now, gifts aren't wages. They're not compensation. So people, you have a job. Some of you have a job and you work. So do you deserve your wages? You do. You are entitled to, as long as you work hard, no, you're entitled to your wages. You have a contractual agreement with the boss that you will provide a service or a skill or a talent in return. So you are entitled to wages. Same as if you see the sign, my poor little poodle dog went missing, can you find him? I'll give you $100. That's not a gift. That's compensation for finding the dog. So wages are compensation. Gifts there's no strings attached. There's no, it's, it's a gift. So it says, this is a bit of a heavy scripture, but I'm going to read it. God wants to give you the gift of hope. It says in Romans 6, 23, this, okay? It's a bit doom and gloom, but let me explain it. It says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. So the wages of sin, the wages of just within humanity, within our DNA, is a sin nature. And so the consequence of that, or the wage, or, or what we're entitled to, is actually a thing called death which is this decay we see in the world. That's what we deserve. But the Bible says the gift, wages is what we deserve, but the gift with no strings attached is Jesus Christ. See, God gave us his gift, not based on your performance. See, our performance, sin brings compensation, not good one, of death. But the gift of God is not based on anything about our being good enough or us being worthy or us being deserving. It's just, here's the gift of my son, for you. Let me paint another little picture here. It's Jesus came to earth and he just said, okay, you're entitled to the wages of death because of sin. I'm going to receive those wages on your behalf. I'm going to take the wages. I'm going to, I, will, I will take your place so I will get the compensation that you should be getting and I'm going to go on the cross. I'm going to die for your sins. I'm suffering death so you don't have to suffer death. And he says, what I'm going to do in return, I'm going to give you a gift, the gift of eternal life. I'm going to give you the gift of myself. So he exchanges the wages of our sin 
freely so we don't have to experience it. That's what the cross is about. And then he comes around, rises from the dead for, in eternal life and says, hey, Kay, I've got a gift for you. This is not about you. It's not based on how good you are or how not good you are. It's like this. This present is a gift of hope, a gift of salvation, possibly. And so when we come to God, he, there's a gift. The, the gift could sit under the tree all year. The gift could be on the shelf all year. We can look at the gift. It's a beautiful gift. There it is. It's lovely. But it, while it's on the shelf, it, it, you're not enjoying it. You've got to open the gift. You can have people tell you about Jesus. You could go to a church. You can know what Christianity is about. You may have read the Bible. You may have studied it. But it's like having a gift on a shelf that hasn't been activated. We've got to actually individually open the gift up that we would enjoy the gift. For thousands of years, thousands of years, 2,000 years since Jesus was on the earth, the gift has been sitting on the shelf until an individual decides to open the gift. Every day all around the world, there's thousands and hundreds of people, thousands, millions, giving their life to Jesus. But no one can open this gift for you. Only you can open it for yourself. It's an individual thing. And I, I get this kind of image of Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, and, 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 you know, they have those kind of quests and he has to get the Holy, Holy Grail and all this type of stuff. If you come and say, okay, Pastor Robbie, I want to open this gift of Jesus. I want to open this gift of eternal life because I deserve it, because I'm worthy. Well, you can't open it. If you think you're good enough for it, you can't have the gift. The gift isn't for those people that think they're good enough. The gift is for those people who know they're not good enough. See, the Bible says that we have to come to God in repentance and humility. And so like Raiders of the Last Ark, there's this scene where it says the penitent man, repentant man or something, and he has to get down on his knee and then this kind of blade crosses over his head. But same principle, to, to open this gift is not about you. You just have to act and accept it and confess him as Lord. But when we come with pride and arrogance and say, I've been so good, you know, I've walked a hundred old ladies across the street, I've had all happy thoughts this week. I didn't swear at that person when I was driving. I've been living such a perfect existence and my wife's happy with me. My husband's happy with me. I deserve Jesus' salvation. We don't have it then. We've lost it. Our salvation with Christ is based on a humble heart. I am not worthy. I don't deserve this. But I thank you that you're giving me a gift because if I was worthy, it'd be compensation. If I was worthy, it'd be wages. The fact that we're not worthy, that's why it had to be a gift. That's worth, yeah, put your hands out. That is the gospel. That is why Jesus came to the earth. See, you could live a thousand lifetimes over, like a groundhog day, groundhog day, a thousand lifetimes over, and, and perfect yourself to some point where you think, man, I'm, I'm pretty good. Like, I, I don't offend anyone. I don't. No matter how many lifetimes you and I live, we will never be good enough to receive the gift of hope, of Jesus Christ as our Lord and eternal life. The, 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 the void is so big because what he has is so valuable compared to who we are. So we just need to give up on all that stuff and just accept him and his love offering, his gift to us. See, today he wants to intervene in your world. He wants to intervene in your world. It says in Jeremiah 29, 11 to 13. This is God talking to you. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil. God's thoughts towards you are of good and of peace. They're not of bad and destruction. They're of good to give you a future and a hope. He wants you to have hope and a future. He wants you to see that tomorrow will be better than yesterday. 
Then you will call upon me and go and pray to me and I will listen. He says, if you will talk to me and if you will speak to me, he says, I will listen. He will listen and he will hear your voice. And you will seek me and find me. If you seek him, he says, you will find me. If you reach out to him, he will be there. That's what his word says. When you search for me with all of your heart. See, no matter what you might be going through today, no matter how bleak it may be, no matter what kind of you can't see a future, whatever it might be, he has a future for you. He has a bright, bold future, a hope for you. Why am I saying this? Well, he did it for me. He can do it for you. See, he's, he's a, he's a guide, type of guy, God. You, you come to him in humility and you, you bear your heart to him and say, hey, I can't do this. I'm not good enough. I don't have what it takes. He says, that's okay. I've got my son. Here's, here's, here's my gift. There's no strings attached. But then he changes your life and gives you future and he gives you hope. See, 35 years ago, about a week ago, I gave my heart to Jesus. I opened up the gift. 35 years ago, as an 18-year-old surfy guy on the Gold Coast, disillusioned, insecure, um, suicidal, not knowing what the future would be. And I just came before him and just, I had a friend who was a surfer and he talked to me about Jesus. He presented the gift to me. I could have chosen to go, no, no, my mates aren't doing it. My family don't want me to do it. I, I need to make a personal decision. I actually opened the gift myself and forsake all others. I lost a lot of my friends and, you know, ridiculed a bit from family. But I made a decision that I was opening that gift because it, it's only individual. You can only make it for yourself. Your mother, your father can't make it for you. You can't make it for a sibling. Every individual has to come before the gift and make a decision whether they want to open that gift. 35 years later, that disillusioned, confused, fearful, not knowing what tomorrow would bring, having no hope for the future, 35 years later, here, I stand before you. I stand before you. And I don't say this in a boast. I'm saying this to encourage you. God is a God that gives hope. Here, 35 years later, I'm senior pastor of this great church and the school facility here. And, and I would never have dreamt it, but he's done this. We've been married for 32 years by the grace of God, by the grace of God. It's not an easy feat. No one, 32 years, everyone goes through stuff. That's the grace of God. I, I have my two daughters here for the, visiting from wherever they're living at the moment. They're all over the place. <laughs> South Australia, Gold Coast. And they're both married. We marry them young in Queensland. It's a bit like Tasmania, isn't it? I think we marry them young. So, and, and, and you know, I always wanted my children when I became a Christian, to grow up in the house of God and to love God and to marry godly men. And here I am now with my children and their husbands here in church. But I'm saying, maybe that's a dream of yours. See, God saw more than this 18-year-old boy who, 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 who didn't know what was going on and could have easily killed himself at any day. You know, I remember standing on the high rise thinking, will I jump? Will I? Just, who knows? He has hope for you. If he can do it for me, he can do it for you. And that moment when I gave my heart to Jesus, it was more than me giving my heart to Jesus. It was my children following God. It was their husbands they would meet. It's the children they will have. God's vision and purpose for you is far bigger than just you and where you are right now. He sees bigger and wider. He's seen generational blessings. 
Some people think, oh, you come from a really good, strong Christian family. Your dad must have been a pastor and your grandfather. No, none of them pastors. I'm the, only, I'm the one that broke the mold. I'm the one that made a decision. I snapped the chain of my past and my family. And we've made a decision that our lineage to the future is going to be different to the lineage of the past. But that's only your decision in accepting the gift of Jesus. As I start to conclude, if the musicians can come up, I want to encourage you today to open the gift of hope. And maybe that gift for you is just invite Jesus in your heart. We're going to pray a prayer in a little bit. But maybe you already know Jesus. But he has gifts of hope in many ways. Some of you need a gift of hope for healing in your body. Some of you need a gift of hope because you're going through some, some relationship issues or family issues with children. You need a gift of hope. You know, maybe there's some stuff at work and, or direction and, 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 and business and God wants to give you a gift of hope. See, His hope is salvation, but His hope is this continual thing that we need to draw upon His hope. See, hope is an anchor of the future. Hope is another reality. You might be living in a reality now that isn't so good. But hope says there's another reality in the future and I'm going to live out of that reality as if it was now. Hope is an anchor that you've thrown into the future and you're holding it on until you get there. That's what hope is. It gets you through all kinds of circumstances and it's not false hope because our God is true. His God is real. Hope in Him. You might think you don't deserve it. You're right. You don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. None of us deserve it. When we start to think, I've had friends who said, oh, I become a Christian when I get my life together. No, 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 no. You're never going to get it together. You know what I mean? You, you come to a Christian when you don't have it together because that's when we know it's a gift. Whereas we think we did it. We deserved it. Well, our scripture is Romans 3, 23 to 24. This is, it, it, it says, for everyone has sinned. Everybody. All of us. We all fall short of God's glorious standard. We're never going to reach it. You'll never reach it. It's only in Jesus that we reach it. It's because of Him that we reach it. Not us. Yet God in His grace freely makes us right in His sight. That's what Jesus came to bring realignment, realignment for your life, to put you where you needed to be. He did this through Christ Jesus when He freed us from the penalty of sin. He freed us from our wages, what we deserved. But in Jesus, it all changes. God's gift of hope for you can only be enjoyed when you open it, whether it's accepting Jesus is your Lord, or it's you going, hey, His Word says that He has a future and He has a plan for me. I'm going to put my hope in that. I'm going to trust in that. No matter where or what your situation is today, you have hope. Because your Heavenly Father loves you so much. If we could just stand today, I just want to pray over us as a church. I'm just going to pray. And, and if you're comfortable you know, put your hands out. But if not, just can I ask you to open your heart as I, I pray over your situation. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, that you see every single individual in this room, every problem, every joy, every stuff that we face and we see. And you know where people are at right now more than anybody, Father. And I pray, Father, that your hand would reach into their world, that you would intervene in their history, Father that you would give new futures, new hopes. Father, I pray that you would begin to open eyes of people in this room, that they can see, they can see, Father, that you are good and that you have a good plan for them. I pray that you would give strategies to people in this room, Father. You would open doors for people that think doors are shut, Father, that you would do a new thing in people's lives here today. In Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message. To stay in touch with Encounter, follow us on Instagram at encounter.cc or find us at Facebook at encounter.shepherdon.